All right, welcome back to the Lindroth Hockey Podcast. You're here with father and son duo, Andrew and Jim Lindroth. Dad, how are you today? Doing great, Andrew. And uh, it's been a while just because we've been so busy, you've been busy, but we've got our favorite and best guest and almost like a co-host. So give us the introduction, Andrew. Yes, we're here with former NHLer Dave Capuano. Dave, how are you today, sir? I'm good. Good. It's always nice to hear my name said correctly, too. <laughs> it's it always different when you have your name pronounced correctly, huh? <laughs> That's why Andrew does the intros. <laughs> exactly. All right, Dave, so we're here to talk Boston Bruins, and I feel like it's deja vu because last year around this time at the beginning of the season, we didn't have high hopes for the Bruins. Their preseason sucked. A lot of problems, and then they go on to have a record season, but then, of course, blow it in the playoffs. But I feel like it's deja vu where not a lot of people expected the Bruins to come out of the gate doing well, and they're doing well again. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think a lot of people are surprised. I was actually listening to a, uh, a podcast the other day where they, they were talking about different teams, and I think it was um, – uh, one of the hosts, you know, they were talking about the Bruins and they're like, well, we can't really be surprised with the Bruins. And he said, well, what do you mean? Like, of course you can. I mean, they lost their two top two centers. So, and I don't think, you know, as much as Krejci was a loss, I think the Bruins could have, you know, succumbed no problem without, you know, having one center. But losing Bergeron at the same time, you had to think that it would be a, a tough situation for them to uh, to fill those roles. But obviously they're they're getting the scoring from their from their top guys. And I think obviously what helps them most is, is their, their goaltending. And and I think goaltending in, in the league is the most important thing. Yeah. And obviously I think that it's being undervalued a little bit, Dave, because a lot of people are saying, you know, it's crazy that we're, we're having this tandem. They're this good. And we refuse to trade all Mark when um, people are still obsessed with the center spot. And I, and I understand what they're saying, but you now have Zaka, Coyle, even Beecher on the fourth line. And then you have Patra, you know, that young kid. I know we're going to have growing pains, but uh, I think that trading off Olmark, unless it's for McDavid, uh, I don't think it's really worth it. What do you think about the people that are saying to trade Olmark while he's still got high value? Well, I think it, you, you as a GM, you have to listen to every single trade that comes in. Um, I think, it, you know, it wouldn't be right if you didn't. You do, you're just doing your job. So, but I, I don't see that happening i don't and i don't see edmonton trading mcdavid so um i i think they would trade the rest of their team before they're going to trade him so um but i mean i guess gretzky got traded so anything's possible but uh i i do think the bruins you know the goaltending and obviously when mcavoy and and the defensive core are healthy um you know that's that's it's it's so helpful when you when you're up one nothing two nothing in, in, in every game and, and you play a different game it takes a lot of pressure off guys than when you're down, when you're down one or two nothing and and I think that's a huge key for the Bruins right so Dave we'll start with uh the goaltending and I guess we'll go you know offense defense next but the goaltending you can't ask for better goaltending it's uh they seem to have a special relationship um I'm sure it's sort of competitive but in this case, they're almost working like a team, working with each other to make each other better. And Swayman is having a, even a better start to the season, and Olmark is no slouch. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about two goalies with almost a 940 save percentage. So, uh, obviously, you know, but you don't do that either with a with a team defense and a structure that they have. 
Um, you know, and, and Andrew mentioned, you know, even Matthew uh, Portes there. Um, Portres, I don't know how to say his last name. I think Potres. But, you know, I, I, I actually, you know, seen a game a few weeks ago in person. And I'm just very impressed with his his defensive awareness when he loses a puck to be on the defensive side of the puck to, to his second and third effort on pucks. And it makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference. So um very impressed with, uh, with their defense and, and their structure and, and everything they're doing. And what do you think about uh, Zaka right now? I think that he's doing a fantastic job trying to take over Bergeron's role as far as the, um, you know, First line, maybe second line center, but playing that defense that we missed really bad. I noticed when Bergeron was out of the lineup any time, you know, there was not a lot of defense guys on the rush of getting into our zone and being able to score, you know, when we're used to Bergeron coming out of nowhere with that back checking. So I think Zach has done a fantastic job of that. And uh, I'm not saying he's as good as Bergeron, but it's certainly just shades of that. I mean, he's playing so well this season, in my opinion, especially defensively. Yeah, and obviously you don't want to give up Bergeron's 25 goals either, and I think he's on a pace for that too. So um, very, you know, very helpful that, you know, not only defensively – and don't forget, these guys learn – they learn for him for two years, and that's a huge difference, and I'm sure he's still around the locker room. I'm sure guys can reach out whenever they want. I'm sure that, you know, he's very helpful to these guys too. Well, I think we're missing Bergeron, obviously, in the face-offs. Um, I don't think – I don't have the stats in front of me. Andrew, I don't know if you know, but it just seems like watching the games, Bruins are not winning many face-offs. I think they're like 25 30%. Um, so, you know, obviously important to win those face-offs. But, Dave, what do you think about Marchand being captain? Um some people say he looked a little lost at the beginning of the season, but I want to talk more about he can be sort of uh, um, quick to be aggressive with the refs, and he's a captain. Uh, I think he got like a misconduct call for unsportsmanlike, uh, things like that. But how do you see him settling in as a captain? I mean, he's certainly a vet. Yeah, I think he was the the overall choice. I You know, I think that a lot of his problems in the past – He's matured the last few years, and I have to say, I think last night was probably the best I've seen him look this year by far. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, his injury last year, you know, he talked about it and, how, you know, not really feeling good all of last year. Um, so maybe hopefully, you know, I was th- that was one of my biggest worries with the team this year was, was Marshawn going to come back and score 80, 90 points? Um and he's on a pace to to hopefully you know be around that eighty point level, so um, I, I think that's crucial for this team. Crucial because of losing um, what they lost. But as a captain, I think he does a good job, and I think that that he he he's learned, he's matured. I think if he if there's any issues there, I'm sure he gets a phone call from Patrice um, yeah. to talk to him. But um, I think overall his game has been really good. And like I said, the last few games, especially last night, I was very, very impressed with the way he was moving last night. You know, Dave, I'm I'm also curious too. I feel like we, we sound like a broken record. You know, most times that like my dad was saying deja vu, like this time last year, we're talking about the Bruins, Jake DeBrusque again. I don't remember if he was on a hot start last year or not, but it always seems like we're talking about him. And uh, as you know, Dave, it's his contract year. 
He's got a big contract on the table, and the Bruins are interested in signing them. And in fact, there was open um, openness with Don Sweeney to the media that they are in contract talks with his agent right now, and they want to get that done before the deadline. Obviously, when he doesn't have the puck, there's times where he can make the plays, he can make differences and impacts in the game. But obviously, on the score sheet, we know that it starts to affect DeBrusque if he's not scoring. And you know, he certainly has very, very low points this season. I think only a goal, maybe two this season. I think only one. So. Um, what, what are your opinions on that? And what do you see from DeBrus? Do you think the Bruins should, you know, be patient with him? Say we we do have our winger. He's he's a bit streaky, not very consistent, but when he is, man, he, he's on. Well, I think by now you know what he is, right? So I, I don't know if 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 the fan base feels that he's something different than what he is. Um, but he's a he's a guy that Again, I, I think it all comes down to him. There's two things. One, he's not, he's not on the power play. So I don't know how anybody expects him to score, right. you know, 25, 30 goals not being on the power play. I mean, if you go back and you look at, um, you know, Marshant, you know, what's well, got 18 points, pass not 27. Um, power, let's see, power plays, looks like, you know, Pasternak has about 15 points on the power play out of the 27. I'm sure Marshawn somewhere around that, uh, maybe nine, so half his points. So it's tough, you know, when you don't get time in the power play and you're playing on a third line. But I think that, you know, the, the nice thing Montgomery's doing is these guys are in their roles. And I, I don't really think it – I think he's going to score his 15, 16, 17 goals this year, and I think that's what you're going to get out of him. And I think more importantly – you know, how he's playing on both ends of the ice and how he's playing in the playoffs. I got to, I got to jump in and kind of play the bad guy here because, you know, he, he missed a team meeting last year. He was very vocal that he wanted out of, no, it was two years ago. He wanted out. I think it was because of Cassidy. Um, so he's kind of uh, I don't want to say immature. I don't, I don't know if unprofessional. So Dave, I want to ask you, uh, I mean, he's getting paid millions of dollars a year. You show up to a freaking meeting when you're supposed to show up to a meeting. I mean, is that just not unprofessional? Is that something that happened in your day? Well, we didn't have all the stopwatches and clocks probably, and, and we probably drank a lot more in our day, so we probably missed more meetings. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think – I don't think – you know, I, I don't hear any chatter about him being not a good guy and not a locker room guy. Um, I'm sure he was frustrating at the time, you know, I'm going back and looking at his stats, you know, scored 27 goals, 27 goals, 25 goals. I mean, I think if he's getting power play time and playing on, on a, on a top one, two line, then he's going to score his goals. Jim, if he's, if he's playing third line or fourth line, you don't get the minutes, you don't get the time. And you probably, he's probably looking at a 15, 16 goal season, but at this so, point in his career, I think he's seven, eight years in, I mean, I, you know, you got to be looking to win a Stanley Cup and what's best for the team. And I think that's what he's doing this year. He's getting chances. He's not scoring. Um, and he's not playing with, you know, Bergeron anymore or Krejci. As a professional player, Dave, I, are you concerned in your first maybe three or four years um, that – like you say, if he's not getting the chances, and, and he certainly has the talent, but if he's not on the power play, that means his numbers aren't going to be good. So if his numbers aren't good, he's going to be on a third, fourth line. Um, 
do players worry about what role they're going to have like second, third year in? And are they pigeonholed into that role? Like you're a fourth liner, you're a third liner. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think, I mean, I look at like a kid like Bobby Corkum, who I played with at Maine. Um, you know, I think he did pretty good playing 16, 17 years as a fourth line guy, you know, um, everybody grows up. Most of these guys in the NHL that get there, get there because they're scorers and they're talented. But when you get there, you want to stay there. you got to find a way to stay there. There's only so many top six guys on a team. So, um, I, I don't, you know, I, his attitude for me this year is good. Um, I haven't been a big fan in the past, but I think his attitude's good. He's playing good. He's playing hard. Um, you know, obviously, you know, it, you know, it's, it should be, it's frustrating when you score 27, almost 30 goals. And then, you know, you're not getting the ice time that you, you feel like you should be getting. So, you know, those things come up where you want to trade or you want something, but overall, I, I think he he's in a spot now he's playing well defensively. Um, someone gets hurt, you know, he's going to move right up and, um, get more ice time. But, you know, I, I think the team is in a much better position this year than they were last year. And I think that one of the main reasons for that would be Charlie McAvoy. I think he's yes. coming into his own. I think he's going to have 80 points this year. And I think that's the difference of this team, um, being able to play at that high level without Bergeron and Krejci. And Dave, I'm curious too, now that we're kind of starting to move to defense, start to talk about it. I do want to ask once the defense is healthy, we'll get a new look of who will be on the ice. Um, but what do you think about Matt Grizzly kind of in the same situation as DeBrusque? He's on his, his last year on the contract and the Bruins need to decide if they want to keep him because last year it was almost a tall tale sign when they were benching him, um, I think in the playoffs. And I think somebody had made a point that, why, why have him um, on the team and have him in the top four um, pairing if he's never going to play in the playoffs? It just seems like the, uh, the coaches don't trust him. And I understand in the playoffs, he normally gets roughed up a bit, but he's still a top four defenseman. He's still got some of the best skating in the league. So I'm curious, what do you think is uh, what, what do you think the situation is with Grizzly? Do you think that he should stay at Bruin? Because I think he's definitely talented enough, but come playoff time, you know, he tends to disappear in that type of game, that physicality stuff. I think he's a great player. I mean, I think that, you know, the Bruins are so deep on defense right. um, that, you know, he's a top four on any other team. And then on this team, he's, he's probably a top six right now. Um, you know, and, and then you got, to me, the kid Mason LaRoe, Larry. I don't know how he's yeah. his last name either, but I was really impressed with him when he, when he came up and played. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, and I think that the Bruins are head, finally heading in the right direction with some yeah. of these younger picks. Um, you know, and, and like even with, um, you know, Math, Matthew Patrice, you know, he's someone who competes every night. I mean, I think he's only what? Is he 19 years old? 19, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, um, and I don't know how, how old Mason is, um, but you got a couple, a couple good young guys and, and – you know, you 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 have to continue to to have those guys coming through the system, and you can't like they want to trade. If you're going to trade Olmark, which is great, maybe maybe next year you 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 decide if you can get three or two really good young players that you're gonna, you know, develop and and play. And I'm not talking like a you know a, a player that's on the cusp. I'm talking like two really good players that I can't miss that you're gonna get to plunge in that lineup for the next ten years, and that's what you have to look for. 
Right. Frederick. Now, um, I've always been sort of a, a, a Frederick critic at times, but also a fan. And he seems to be the guy that gets the job done. He's scoring goals again, which is great. But I'm always like to Andrew, like, you know, I never see Frederick out there. And then he's like, what are you talking about? He's got like a six game point streak going, you know. Uh, but he's certainly having a great start to the season. He's been scoring. He's been hitting. Uh, seems like he's maturing into a really good player and fighting uh, possibly to move up a line. What do you think, Dave? Um. Yeah, it's it's possible. I mean, there's a, very possible that you know in two years from now you're going to have, you know, Patrese and and Frederick playing. You know, second line. They're both second line guys. Easy. Um, and that's what it takes as you move up and as you, you know, as you mature. And and um, it takes time in this league. And, and especially, I mean, look at McAvoy. McAvoy this year obviously will be his best year ever. I don't know how many years he's in the league now. But it takes time in this league to, you know, get your feet wet, get going, get confidence, um, and 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 it's it's um it's a big big difference, you know, from year two to year five. Yeah, Dave, Coyle. I don't want to. Would you say that? So, so sorry, Andrew, I jumped in. Coil, um, he can be frustrating to me at times, but all of a sudden, bang, he gets a hat trick like the other night. Um, solid player. I, I think really physical. Where do you see Coyle this year, Dave? And do you see him improving? Well, he's, he, uh, I think he's like a thousand games in. So I think Coyle is what he is. Okay. You know, I mean, I don't feel like he's going to be a 50 goal scorer next year or this year. Or, you know, I mean, he's a good, he's a great defensive player. He plays his angles well. He learned again, learned from Bergeron. And um, he's a he's a great great third line center, and that's what he is. Um, I think it's tough for him. It, it's tough to move him up in the lineup to a first or second line center. Can he do it? Sure, for two or three games, absolutely. And that's that's a luxury they have. But he's a great third line center who who's going to kill penalties, who's going to block shots, who's going to be do the little things it takes to win games, and and he's gonna he's gonna chip in and he's gonna score. So. Um, again, I think that Jim Montgomery had, I, I know he sits down with these guys at the beginning of the year and says, Hey, listen, this is the role we see you in this year. This is, you know, not to say things can't change because, you know, something happens to the Zocker and all of a sudden, you know, Matthew Portress is the first line center and all of a sudden he's on, you know, he's scoring and getting power play time and it's a different, it's a different animal. But right now I think guys are set to do what, what, what they what they are in the system and and what Montgomery you know I'm sure talks to before the season starts. Yeah, and Dave, I don't want to overlook either as we're making our way down that that fourth line, that identity line. I feel like uh, while they've had different looks, I feel like the first line that they had of Lucic, Bouch, uh, Beecher, and Lauko looked really good. But now they've got uh, Beecher, Lauko, and they have Oscar Steen, and I feel like the past two or three games that they've had that line. They've been absolutely nails, and uh, they're not the biggest guys, at least Lauko and Steen, but, man, they, they're physical. They're always putting pressure in the offensive zone when they get the chance in there, and I feel like Beecher has really come on his own. I'm glad that he did not need another year in Providence, and that was kind of the way it was looking before training camps and preseason started. So um, I felt like Beecher was not necessarily fast-tracked, but he only needed that one year last year, and I don't even know if he was fireworks last year compared to how he's playing this year, but uh, it seems like if you stick him up there with good players, he can play. So 
Um, what do you think about that fourth line and just that, obviously, what you're saying earlier, that luxury, the word luxury, because they've got other players that can be slotted in. You know, you had Patrick Brown and, you know, unfortunately, Lucic isn't on the team, but you've got other guys in Providence that can go and slide in. So what's your opinion on on those guys? Yeah, I like what I've seen from Beecher, and I think he's, again, a big, uh, you know, growing up, a, a huge goal scorer type of guy, right? Like point points guy, and now he's coming into the league, you know, playing on the fourth line, figuring out how to play in the league. So, again, it, take, it takes time. And like I said, I mean, look at Charlie McAvoy. I think that, you know, his progression over the last four years, I mean, it, it, you can obviously, you know, the talent he had, but the confidence he's playing with this year is just tremendous. And I think someone like Beecher and Portrays and, and Frederick, who, again, you know, I think his biggest issue was picking up an extra step skating and, I know he worked hard in the offseason. I feel like he's skating better. Um, and in this league, you have to be able to skate better. So, you know, it 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 all takes time and these guys it takes growth. And and I think it's, you know, the the Bruins, you know, they they know what they these guys know what they have. They're not, you know, no they're not in the league and coaching and GM for all this time and and not no talent. The problem is it's tough to develop talent, and it's tough to draft talent that you know, you see something, but sometimes you just it's it's also a guessing game, too. I mean, you look, go back and look at is it Lafreniere in, in New York? I mean, he was number one overall. And I think he's right. finally starting to play well after this going to be his fourth year, I think. <laughs> right. So elephant in the room, uh, I'll bring it up to everybody because we haven't really talked about it. Uh, and that's going to be the future of uh, Lucic, you know, as we know, yeah. just before this. Uh, past weekend, um, I guess he was. I Andrew, you might know better. He was arrested for some domestic violence. Uh, yeah, the only thing, uh, yeah, the only thing that came out was just that. No other details as far as anything. But yes, so um, the Bruins have him um, on indefinite leave, um, and obviously, you know, it's tragic if 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 something bad did happen. You know, Lucic has to be uh, accountable for himself. Um, but do we think that, uh, you know, this is the end for Lucic and, and, you know, the Bruins aren't going to, I think they learned from who was that kid that Mitch they drafted. Miller. Yeah. Mitchell Miller. Yeah. With that, with that kid and the Bruins drafted him, and then they had to, uh, you know, unsign him or whatever. Dave, what are your thoughts on that? I, I know, you know, we got to think sort of off uh, the ice as well and, and of his family and what's going on as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I, listen, this stuff obviously happens and, and it's it's never a good situation, especially when there's family involved. So at this point, you just hope that and, you know, the Bruins will be there for him and they'll be there for, for his family. And I think that's the most important part. I think that hopefully he gets the help he needs and he he, you know, has a, another opportunity. And I know how much he was looking forward to playing, you know, you know, let's face it, this could have been his last year, maybe one more year. He's 35 years old. Hopefully he gets the chance to come back and, and play. But, um, you know, because I think we've talked about this over the last few years, I think he fits in that role of what the Bruins need in the playoffs, that fourth-line role. Absolutely. So we've we've talked about it before, um, and, and it's so important that the Bruins have, and, and, you know, I go back to the Islanders line, um, their fourth line all the time because how they can change the momentum of games. 
and they can play physical and puck control and all that good stuff. So um, hopefully everything works out for him and, and, and his family. Yes. So um, last Bruin question for me, Andrew, and I know you want to hit a couple overall NHL questions um, yes. with, with the Bruins. Uh, what was my question? Jeez. Now I just forgot it. So I guess I'll have to get back. Andrew, go ahead. Ask your next question. I completely forgot. That's what happens in you. 55, Andrew. So Dave, one of the couple of questions I want to talk about, just some teams, maybe some performances and predictions, but the first thing I want to talk about, because they were in quite the shambles and the fan base was not too long ago with the Edmonton Oilers. I know that <clears throat> they just lost again recently, but they went on a four game winning streak, kind of breaking that curse. But I think they started off the season like two and nine and one. And McDavid, they fired their coach Woodcroft and McDavid and the players saying that uh, they had no idea the coach was fired. But then uh, Ken Hall and the GM comes out and says, oh, no, we talked to the vets and we listened to what they say. And that weighed heavy on the decision. And then you have the owner, I believe, of the club come out and say, we didn't have any discussions with them. Or I think it was maybe the president, but they said we had no discussions with any of the players. And that's not their job to worry about playing GM. So, um what is your opinion on that? And uh, Edmonton Oilers, I mean, you would think with Dreisaitl and McDavid, the two best forwards in the league, that they could they could be one of the best teams, but I guess not. So it was turmoil over there. Yeah, I mean, we you know we go back and talk about you know what I, what we started with the Bruins, and you know if you put Omak and um, Swayman on Edmonton, where are they? So um, I think goaltending is the key in this league, and I think. You know, I'm not saying that the Edmonton would be eight, you know, 14 and two, but they're certainly probably a eight and six team with, you know, not all this stress on them if they had goaltending. So um, as far as, you know, the stuff that goes on as far as trading and, and bringing the coach in, you know, obviously you think, you know, McDavid had a hand in that. Um, but, you know, again, that's it's not up to. Uh, it's not up to the players to worry about that stuff because you have no control over it. So, um, you know, you kind of got to just do your job and, and, and worry about what you need to do. So, you know, unfortunately it's a tough stop for them. And I think obviously it's great for the league that, you know, they're involved in, you know, in the playoff hunt because what's best for the NHL with, with those two players. But again, it takes 20 guys to win. And we've talked about this over the years and we've talked about the playoffs and I'm talking about the Bruins are 13 and two, or whatever they are. And, you know, there's no way a Stanley cup, you know, uh, favorite if, if they don't have four lines going. So how's Edmonton going to be a favorite with or our best team in the league with one line. So, right. and you got, you got Kane there and, and, and that's, you know, starting to move, get going too. And, um, you know, but defensively and, 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 and goaltending is a liability for them. And it's tough to win that way. My yeah, forgotten, so question, my forgotten we'll question, my forgotten question, my forgotten question, Dave is, is, uh, watching the Bruins the last couple night, uh, games is, uh, you know, their deja vu of last year, but it, are they tough enough to make it through the playoffs at this point? I mean, here we go again, the Bruins, you know, high flying, high scoring games. We get to the playoffs. It's a battle of attrition, survival of the fittest, survival of the toughest. Are the Bruins at this point, in your opinion, tough enough to get through, you know, four series to uh, win the cup? I, You know, I, I think a lot has to do, Jim, with that fourth line, that third and fourth line. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if Luchik doesn't come back and play again, that, 
they go out and make a move for somebody um, that, you know, can can bolster their third or fourth line that's won a cup before and is, is a physical type guy. I mean, there's a reason why, you know, Maroon from Tampa Bay won three cups in a row. I think he's, you know, obviously older now and past his prime, but there's a reason why they that he did that because he was so, you know, we put that fourth line out there, it changes momentum of games. So it's very important that the Bruins, I, I do, I think I, I feel better this year about their team than I did last year. So, you know, only only because I feel like their defense and their goaltending this year is, is is such a step above the rest of the league as far as being able to come back with, you know, Swayman after Allmark plays or coming back with Allmark, you know, with Swayman plays, it's such a huge um, advantage. And Dave, I'm curious too, just like last year, we looked great and we were playing better when we had our original lineup to start the season with rather than when we made all the trades. And, and don't get me wrong, Hathaway, Orlov, Bertuzzi, all great things. And on paper, we look like the best team in the league. But do you think if the Bruins keep this up and do what they did last year and they're just on this record-breaking uh, streak again with, with the regular season record, do you think that they should just keep the team chemistry and keep most of that team and the band together and keep rolling out things? Or do you think it's one of those things, no, you still need to do your due diligence and, and bring in players and make trades? Because I feel like, that's got to affect the locker room chemistry, right? I mean, if you trade a guy like Grizzly or Omar, someone that's been in the Bruins for a while and and has, you know, leadership role, that could affect a lot of things, right? What, what, what do you think the Bruins should do? Yeah, it's, it's a, that's really, like, such a hard question, Andrew. Yeah. Uh, because, like, you, you don't want to upset the chemistry, and it, it seems like so many times, um, you know, even in the NFL or, or even in Major League Baseball, you do upset that chemistry. Um, but like in baseball, if you're trading for, you know, one of the best pitchers in the league, you know, it's going to help you, right? There's no, you know, people are going to want to see, you know, Roger Clemens or whoever go out there and pitch every fifth, you know, third day in the playoffs versus some guy who was seven and seven. Right. So I don't think it's that easy in the NHL. And um, I do believe that for the Bruins, I think they're in a good position. I wouldn't, you know, obviously you got to see where you go, but again, it's, it's injuries, injuries, injuries. We talk about it all the time. If they stay healthy the rest of the year with what they have, and I feel like Frederick's going to get better. I feel like Matthew Portris is going to get better. I feel like Beach is going to get better. So um, I think they can only, they'll only improve on, on the depth that they need. And again, you know, um, you know, I watched that Tampa Edmonton game yesterday. I think Tampa had, 17 shots and Edmonton had 40 and, and they lost the game again. So, you know, what the Bruins have in net is, is, and, and on the back end is very special and is very tough to, 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 to repeat. So you do what you do best and, and try to go out there and you win games three, two, two, one. If you give up to a game in the NHL, you're going to win a lot of games. So we didn't mention two vets that the Bruins acquired, uh, Van Riemsdyk, and then on the back end, Shattenkirk, who I wanted the Bruins to get when he was available, I think maybe two years ago, when he was with Tampa and was a free agent. Um, again, Shattenkirk might be sort of an unsung uh, guy, but he's making the plays and uh, solidifying the defense that you talked about, Dave. And then Van Riemsdyk, what is his role with the Bruins? I mean, he's really mixed it in, what, the first line, Andrew? Maybe first, second line? 
Yeah, and he's he's on he's playing the bumper position and playing net front uh, on the first power play and has been scoring goals. And he's been and excellent. It, and it, and of course we need to mention Pasta too. We haven't mentioned him. Um, I mean, the guy's just a goal scoring machine. Yeah, I mean, Pasta's obviously um, continues to get better too, which to me yes. is so important. Um, uh, Shattenkirk, you know, am I a big fan at this point? I'm not really a big fan, but I think. He does a great job. I think he's older, obviously, and, and he's slowed down. I think it's what the Bruins need in having, um, you know, that depth of defense that has the experience that they like. And as far as Van Diem, Van Diem's right, I think it's the same thing. I think he's put in a good position. I I think, you know, you you plug these guys in. Now you're playing with Poster and Marchant and McAvoy. There's, there's no way you're not going to have success. I mean, I'd like to be there. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so dave I, I always like to ask this question as you know any dark horses this season and, and who do you think is is really going to rise and surprise everybody right now for me and i knew they were going to be good this year but i didn't know they're going to be this good uh was new jersey devils and i know that uh without jack hughes they've been struggling a little bit but uh he's even shown to be one of the best players in the world and you know, Ottawa's still doing great, always improving. And uh, do you have any dark horses, any teams that you feel like are going to surprise a lot of people this season? Well, I, I'm i not sure if I told Jim that I thought Arizona would make the playoffs this year. No, wow. you didn't. Okay. So wow. I that was that was one of my picks um, that I had mentioned, um, talked to actually my son about. But I thought Arizona would have a very good chance of making the playoffs this year. And they, they, they seem to be doing, you know, pretty good. They're off to a good start. They're, they're hanging around, right? So, um, and I also, you know, I'm, I'm surprised that, you know, I'm not surprised, you know, I think Philly's doing well. I think Detroit's got a good team. You know, it scares me a little bit that New Jersey can just go into a slide like they did when Hughes was out. Right, right. You know, that's what's so impressive about Boston. I mean, they, they lose Bergeron and Krejci and they're doing what they're doing. Now, I guess Hughes is a, obviously a different player than both of those guys, right? I mean, he's, you know, <laughs> such a great player and brings so much to the table. But obviously, New Jersey's um, probably tells you they need a little more depth if um, if they're struggling that bad. I mean, if they've had a tough schedule, too. I know they were in Vancouver and and they had to play Tampa, I think, and then they had to play the, the Rangers last night. But... Um, again, they haven't gotten the best goaltending either. But, I mean, obviously, um, to me, obviously, that one of the biggest surprises has to be the way Vancouver has played and the way Vancouver has scored. Um, I'm a big Miller fan, and Vancouver always have been. I said two years ago, I would have the Bruins. I would have did everything I could to get them and sign them. Um, and I, I think that, uh, you know, Vancouver is a, a special – a special team right now. I was, you know, I talked to Dan Quinn actually two days ago, who's, you know, very friendly with, with Wayne and, and Tockett and, um, you know, Tock's doing a great job in Vancouver. And I, I think he'll continue to do a great job as long as they're the play, as long as they're having success, you know, talk at someone that's, it's going to be, you know, a great coach. I think sometimes it goes Haywood once, you know, that six, seven years go by like Cassidy and, I think at some point, you know, it gets a little bit stale and you got to move on. I think it's just the way coaching goes. But I, I, I would be very surprised if Vancouver gets the goaltending that they 
they've been getting that they're not there come the end of the year. Dave, my last question here, and we'll wrap it up, is your thoughts on two teams. It seems like, you know, Calgary, they got rid of uh, Sutter. Um, they're trying to get their feet back. What are your thoughts about that team? Because, again, it's another big Canadian franchise where the fans don't have a lot of patience. So where do you see Calgary going or something that they would have to do there? And then what are your thoughts on what I like to call uh, – the Boston Red Sox before they won the, uh, you know, the Bambino curse was broken. Toronto Maple Leafs, where, where do you see them this year? Oh, and Dave, on the Calgary part, curious to see what you think overall, because uh, you hear Zadoroff publicly wanting to be traded, and then you hear Elias Lindholm, their number one center, had a apparently a $60 million contract on the table, and due to their performances recently and everything, he decided to drop that contract offer. So just putting that in there as well. Yeah, I mean, as far as Calgary goes, I mean, you look at obviously the the big trade they made. I think you look at it now; it doesn't look too good, right? Getting rid of getting rid of Kachuk, uh, right? Hubido, um, you know, Hubido's putting up decent numbers, but you know, he's minus eleven on the year. Um, you know, you just look through their lineup, and you don't, you, you just. You don't see, you know, you don't. You, I saw a little fight back last night. I mean, they. Um, I, I watched a little of that game last night, um, but I, 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 it's tough, right? You're, you're in Calgary. You're you're playing. You're paying fifty percent taxes in Canada, so I, I don't know why. If if I'm, you know, I mean, you know, Kachuk hit the lottery getting out of there, and I don't. I think I think, uh, you know. Lindholm would do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and Toronto, Dave, where do you see Toronto? I mean, they they always seem to make the moves to be in the hunt. Where, where do you see them going this year? Uh, I I don't see a lot of change with them, only because I, I think on the back end, unless they can get something on the back end, I don't see them winning a Stanley Cup. I think Neyland is coming into his own for sure. Um very exciting player, but I don't know if they have the goaltending and they have the defense. Offensively, they have plenty of talent to win a Stanley Cup, but defensively, I'm not sure they do. And I, again, I know my brother is in Ottawa, but I do feel like Ottawa is going to make a push this year too, which is going to make it harder for Toronto too, because they're in the same division. So, um, yeah. but I, I, I do think, you know, maybe it's wishful thinking, but I think a lot of Ottawa is going to, at some point, Ottawa is going to, um, go on a kind of a run here and, 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 and with the talent that they have, but awesome. it's all goaltending for them too. Again, it's goaltending for them. Um, you know, I can keep, keep reiterating it, but the Bruins have a luxury that no other team has. And it's so important to get consistent goaltending every night. Of course, you're going to have bad nights. It doesn't seem like the Bruins goalies have a bad night, but you're going to have okay. a bad night, but it just the consistency in that in 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 the goaltending it just makes such a huge difference on the way they everybody plays and and I think it it even with McAvoy it opens a door for him to play more offensive uh, even though I think offensively he's so gifted um, and um I'm, like I said I think that that bar any more injuries I think he's definitely an eighty point guy in this league. Andrew, any qu more questions? Are you ready to wrap? I'm done. Well, Dave, 
we can't thank you again. Uh, we wanted to get you on earlier and just, just due to us, we couldn't, but I, I think this has been good because now we're whatever, 12, 13, 14 games into the season. Um, Got to have you back on and we'll talk more Bruins and more NHL if you're up for it, sir. I, I absolutely. And um, you know, I haven't really reached out to, uh, to Mr. Montgomery at all, but maybe I can, I can do that and get a little more insight for you and your fans for the next one. Yeah, that'll that'll be great. That'll be great. All right, so we will end it here. Dave Stavon will say goodbye off air, uh, but uh, we'll catch everybody later. Yes.